This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and joining me is a very special guest, seven-footer out of Boston College from Amsterdam, Quentin Post. Quentin, how are you doing today, man? Good. Been having a great day. We're off today. Uh, finally have some time in our schedule. But uh, thanks for having me and uh, excited to do this. Yeah, I'm excited to have you, man. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. Uh, big fan. Some of the guys here at No Ceilings are, are really ramping you up on their big boards. And it's going to be exciting to see over the course of the year where the consensus has you. But before we get into all that, Boston College is doing really good this year, man. Uh, y'all are eight and three. You're like the guy pushing the team. I know you're a big teammate guy too, but you know you're you're kind of the the focus of the team. And nice game, a uh, nice three game winning streak here. What are the vibes like right now for y'all? Um, yeah, I think really good. I think we had a lot of expectations going into this season, um, and then especially this last win where we beat St. John's in the Barclays Center. I think it was just a big lift for the guys. Um, I think they were a good team, and, and we kind of showed that we were, that we can play with um, at a high level and can, and can play with some good teams. Yeah, for sure. What was it like uh, playing in the Barclays, having a good outing and a good victory? We've played in the Barclays before. The ACC tournament was in the Barclays my junior year, so that's two years ago. Uh, yep. We made a we made a, a nice little run where we uh, upset Wake in the yeah. Um, in the second round, I think. So uh, me and some of the other returners were used to playing there. And um, yeah, so it was, it was it was great to be back. And uh, yeah, good game for us. All right, right on. So let's back up. A lot of people might not be super familiar with your background. So I want to kind of cover like from, you know, playing in Amsterdam to where you're at now. So um, what was it like kind of growing up in that scene? You know, it's obviously a lot different than how basketball is here in the States. Uh, I know that you played for, uh, I'm going to try to my best to pronounce the name, but it's a uh, Cartesius like him. Is, is, is that right? Cartesius. My close? Lyceum. Yeah, you're so close. So, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. To, so the, in Europe, the high school system isn't really linked to the sports to like the athletics. So I didn't play for my high school team. Like I played for my club team, uh, which was called BC yeah. Apollo, exactly a basketball club Apollo. So that's where I played till 18. And, and yeah, then I, exactly, then I moved on, but my high school didn't really have to do a lot with my uh, basketball. Oh, okay. Right on. So what was it like though, playing for Apollo then? And I, and obviously, you know, you, pl- you, you played ball in, in Berlin and stuff like that as yeah. well. Right. So what yeah. was that like? What's the basketball scene like out there? Exactly. So I played, um, so first of all, the Netherlands itself isn't like really big on basketball. It's funny. Like we're some of the tallest people in the world. We produce a lot <laughs> of height, but, um, yeah. basketball just hasn't been that big. We're, we're, we're really big on soccer, but my dad always played. So I've been around the sport from a young age, but, uh, playing in, uh, in the, yeah, with Apollo was great. We actually had a lot of talent. Um, it's funny. We had a, 
a lot of the guys that I played with back in the youth are actually now like really good players in college. For example, um, I played with Jesse Edwards, who played at Q's and now plays right. for West Virginia. That was my teammate. And then maybe Tristan Anaruna. I don't know if, if you know him. He, he played for Kansas and now he's doing really well at Cleveland State. And that's only to name a few names that we actually had a bunch, maybe five, six, seven, maybe even eight guys that ended up playing D1. So um, I was part of a pretty talented generation, which was good because there was some interest coming from colleges and um but yeah, it was it was also it was it was really my dad that helped me kind of get through the next level, um, because I knew that I wanted to go to college. But out of Amsterdam, my last year, I didn't really have that much interest. So we tried to look for a club um, outside of the Netherlands, like kind of move to a, a little bigger scene, and um, that was Alba Berlin. So Alba Berlin is a uh, is a is a Euroleague team nowadays, but they also have a very great um, developmental youth team, I would say. Um, they let the youth teams also play against um, professional uh, teams. So um, that gave me the opportunity to play against grown men at a younger age, 17, 18, um, which I think helped me in the long run. Um, but the goal is all, always to get to college. Um, so yeah, I've kind of been just following uh, the plan that me and my dad made, playing one year in a better team in Europe and then find myself uh, way into college. And maybe as you know, I played two years at Mississippi State, um, yep. where I didn't have the the best success, but yeah, also part of you know growing, uh, developing, um, and then after two years, now I've been here at Boston College for the last three. Yeah, that, that yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, your your time in in uh, Mississippi State here in a minute. I just got a question for you. I always find it fascinating when I get a chance to interview some of the international guys. You know, I interviewed Bobby Clintman last year. Uh, and and kind of asked him a similar question, but what's it like playing basketball in Europe, and how are you recruited? You know, is it a combination of like your your coaching staff and people sending out film to different schools? Are they sending out scouts? Is it just you get a lot of traction during like FIBA runs and things like that? What what's the scouting process like when you're an international guy? I think there's a um, I think there's a lot of different ways. To get scouted, um, I will say I think being a big man does help. Um, just okay. like being able to say that you're a seven-footer obviously makes scouting a little easier. I think America is very guard-dominant. I think there's so so many good guards. But as a big man, you can usually bring something to a team that maybe they can't, maybe that they can't bring in with like an American big, right? Um, but for me, it was kind of uh, all about Berlin being um, a bigger team in Europe. I think that kind of put my name on the map a little bit um there there are certain scouts that work in europe that keep track of like uh, the high level youth teams and of the players um how they perform and then maybe they have your name on a list and they send those lists to the coaches in 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 america in in the u.s of course um and then i also had some people that i knew that knew some coaches and and i think once the ball starts rolling then you know it kind of takes off so um i wasn't highly recruited but I, I was recruited by some um few high major schools um yeah took a few visits and yeah, ended up choosing for mississippi state yeah so um let's talk about what led into that decision because you mentioned you were recruited by some teams like washington state georgia tech were a couple of them that that were interested in you know bringing you alongside but you committed to play for mississippi state 
Um, I also understand that you had an opportunity, like you could have played in Spain or Serbia as well, right? Instead of going the wow. college route. Where'd yeah, you get so... that information? <laughs> is, that, is that not accurate? No, it's very accurate. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I I try to do my I try to do my research, my guy, and yeah. uh, I saw that you um you mentioned this in a in an article whenever you committed to play for Mississippi State. Um, I forget the outlet that that uh that you gave that answer to, but you had the opportunity to where you could have played in college ball or internationally, and I know that you said that the plan was always college ball. Why why was that the case? Um, at that point, that's kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It just see it just spoke to me being able, I guess, being able to have uh, an education and just the college game. Like honestly, that's something I learned throughout the years, but also something that maybe I expected. Like I think it's just a beautiful game. Like the the fan engagement, the play in these arenas. Um, the biggest thing about college, I feel like, is the most. It's one of the most true forms of basketball like um sure maybe it's shifting a little bit now with the nil and the money but it, it, i feel like it, it just used to be like my school against your school and we're just gonna play in the best wins there's no politics involved no that's not true of course but um <laughs> it's just i think it's a very you know beautiful style of basketball very passionate guys play with a lot, a lot of passion um and then you got these these schools with like loyal fan base i just think it's such a cool environment to play and i feel like people care about how players perform and um so yeah it, it was always something i wanted to be a part of um the 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 european the professional route was something that opened up very late to me like i, I was i think i was just really a, a late bloomer in my development so i kind of have my mind made up that i wanted to do this uh, the college way and looking back on it i don't regret that decision maybe i would have been somewhere else right now if i started playing in europe but yeah that was it was always kind of the plan and me and my yeah we just decided to stick with the plan and that's how i ended up in college okay fair enough so you mentioned that you played for uh, mississippi state for a couple of seasons and then you entered in the transfer portal um what were you looking for in, in your next team that you wanted to go to you know because i find that the transfer portal it's all a Sometimes it's about opportunity. Sometimes it's, you know, wanting to play with a, you know, a friend or going to the same conferences like other players, things like that. What was it that kind of um, led to your decision to make the decision to enter the transfer portal? For me, it was just play playing minutes and I guess playing style. Um, what I didn't expect or what I learned is when I came to Mississippi State that they, that they played a very physical brand of basketball and when i came in as a freshman i was i weighed 215 pounds as a seven footer so i was very skinny and uh, i couldn't compete physically so i've never been pissed off at the fact that i didn't play too much freshman so i, I was pissed off but i i always kind of understood because what ben howland my coach at mississippi state asked from there from his big guy was just not really what at that point i brought to the table which is just a very uh, physical rebounding setting screens uh, low post ceiling uh, kind of play style. And that's not really what I brought to, to the table. So I kind of felt out of place. Um, uh, and I, I didn't feel like I was given the opportunity to, to play my style of basketball and, and the things that I feel like I, I, I did well. Um, uh, and then also just opportunity. There were just some really good players that played ahead of, in front of me at Mississippi State. And I, I thought that uh, it would be hard for me to kind of, you know, um, 
prove myself to or to become the player that I thought that I could have became. I, I probably would have stayed in like a backup role um, there. And I feel like the eyes were kind of or like, yeah, um, yeah, it just wasn't my place. Like they were happy that I was there, but it was never about me um, or about my style of play and what I could bring to the table. So I just needed a new opportunity. And yeah, Boston College has just been a blessing to me. Um, I think Coach Grant gives me so much trust and, yeah. and, and confidence, and and I feel like, uh, yeah, here I can kind of play how I've always wanted to play basketball. Okay, yeah. Um, I want to ask you real quick uh, about being in the transfer portal in of itself. You know, uh, I always find the transfer portal it's relatively new within college basketball, right? Um, what's it like just being a player, right? It's it feels like it's almost like a second recruitment for for me just watching you guys so what is it like are you on your phone a lot you know are you you and your family fielding a lot of calls like what what was that time like for you yeah it was pretty hectic um i actually was i actually talked to matt harms a little bit who you might know who used to be the big guy for, from purdue also mm -hmm. a dutch guy and he went into the portal as the number one ranked transfer in the nation and he ended up at byu um we talked about it a little bit my recruitment was a lot different than him i was not the number one recruit in the nation. Honestly, I was happy that there was even one high major that was interested in me, which was which was Boston College. But still, I think I had about 20, 25 schools that were, that were interested in me. So yeah, it's a lot of uh, phone calls, a lot of texts. Um, I remember I told all the coaches that reached out to me the first day that I needed two days just to let everything kind of sink in before I started talking about um, my next step. And they all respected that. And I think I would. That's that's a piece of advice that I would give to anybody in the portal. Um, if a coach really wants you, he'll wait two days to let you, you know, rest and and think about everything. Um, so that's kind of what I did. And then I started weighing my options. And Boston College was really the only high major place um, that was interested in me. The rest was all um, mid majors or low majors. Um, and it wasn't really about that, but I also thought I also saw a fit in Boston College and an opportunity. I thought um, they needed a big guy, and they could and they they didn't make me any promises, but they showed me um, possible ways where I could be used in um, in an offensive and defensive setting. So yeah, it just really spoke to me. The coaching staff spoke to me, um, and it was a pretty easy uh, choice for me. Um, um, yeah, to choose for Boston College. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a, a hand in glove fit, man. Like it just it, it feels like you were kind of always supposed to be there just watching you play now, you know, and uh, I, I just I like to figure out what it's like for these players when they enter in the transfer portal, because it just I think sometimes we just, you know, from people who have never been in that situation before. Right. It's just it seems like it's just like boom, boom, boom. And I really respect the fact that you took a couple of days to really get that mental clarity and make a and make a good decision not not just a rushed one because i feel like sometimes you know with any at any level right like professional collegiate international whatever the case may be you know players are asked to do everything just as as quick as they possibly can and you know it how hard is it to make the right decision all the time whenever you have to make them in just a split second you know no, exactly. And and I, and and like I said, I think if a coach is really interested in you, that interest won't fade away in the next two days, you know. And if it does, then maybe he wasn't that interested. 
and Boston College uh, respected the fact that I needed two days and they stuck with me. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, and, 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 and so it, that made it a lot easier for me, you know, to take my time and do things on my terms and not get sped up by the fact, like, like you said, they will ask you, oh, please make a choice fast because we also got to know um, in that situation, you got to be selfish and choose for, for yourself because you're going to be the one that's attending the school. And, and it's about and when you're in the portal, it's about where do I fit and not which school. Um, yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, your, your future is on the line, right? Like you get, you only get a couple of years to make an impression to the next stage that you want to go. So time is precious for, for you and for anybody, right. That's in that situation. That makes a ton of sense yeah. to me, man. So let's fast forward to what you're doing this year. You know, you, well, I'm sorry. Let's, let's talk about last season real quick. You averaged a career high in pretty much everything that you were doing last year, right? Like 15 points per game, five rebounds and assists. You were like 53% from the floor, 42% from deep, 86% from the line. You crushed it in the ACC tournament. You were the ACC most improved player. And then at the end of that year, right, you you tested the waters in the NBA, which I love that that whole process is, is around for players now where they can go and see what NBA teams think about them, whether or not they feel like they're going to get drafted, and if not, what they can improve upon, you know, for maybe the next couple of years if, if they have that time remaining. So can you talk to – Talk to me a little bit about what was it like for you? You had such a great year. You finished really strong. What was it like testing the waters? Because, uh, you know, I don't know if people know if it's just meetings. Are you like doing drills for teams? Like what, what was that process like for you testing the waters? Yeah, so I ended up working for only two teams. I ended up, um, I, I worked out with the Celtics and with the Nets. I was supposed to do a few more, but I twisted my ankle in one of the first workouts. So I had to cancel the others um wasn't the end of the world but um yeah it was a really good process um you go into the facility they fly you out well for me the celtics one was just around the corner because i'm located sure. here in boston but yeah you just do a whole workout you're usually in a group of five to six players six players usually um and you work out for like an hour to one and a half hours uh, you play a lot of three on three um shooting drills uh, then they also make some um measurements wingspan um, verticality, all, all that stuff. Um, so it's really fun. Um, and you get to know the, the staff there, mostly the front office. I remember uh, Brad Stevens was there with the Celtics and, and watched us work out. Um, so I would say it's a really fun experience and also a really good one. And um, um, knowing that I'll probably go through some of these workouts again is really good that I did some last year. Um, got a lot of good feedback from these teams about what they think I need to improve on. Um, and you get to keep some of the gear, which is pretty cool. I, I, I gave my, there Celtics, you go. <laughs> my Celtic shirt to my dad. Uh, he thought it was awesome. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a really cool process and you try to make the most out of the feedback that, that you get. Um, and then, yeah, for me, it was, I made the choice to go back to college, which at, which at that point was definitely the right choice for me. Um, yeah. And hopefully I'll, I'll get some more work as this year. Yeah. I, I love the fact that, you know, not only you test the waters, you maintain your eligibility team obviously welcomes you back with open, open arms for the amount of work and, you know, the, the production that you've had individually. Right. But also 
how you're helping the team, right? And that's one of the things I really love most about your game, Quentin, is that you're a monster, right? Like you you do so much on the court, but it's not just about you. Like everything you everything that you do on the court is like for the betterment of the team. And I think that's what NBA teams probably love most about a, a player like yourself, right? So you're this year, you're you're doing even better than you were last year, right? Like you're at about 19 points per game nine boards, over three assists, which was a pleasant leap, and over two blocks per game, another big leap there. Uh, your shooting splits are kind of similar. Your free throw numbers are still really good. Um, how? What was your approach coming into this year? I, I would imagine that you had like this warrior mentality coming back in, right? I, I finished last year strong. I'm getting feedback from NBA teams. I'm ready to put in the work. Like that's how I imagined it was like for you. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me last year is that I, I came back from injury. I had a, um, a stress reaction in my foot. Um, and when I came back from injury, I was, I was pretty heavy for, for, for my um, standard kind. I was at 260 uh, because mm-hmm. I, I was in a boot for eight weeks and I couldn't move. Uh, besides, I swam a little bit. But a big thing is just throughout the season last year, I was getting back into shape. If you look at some of my first games back, I was a monster, but not in a good way. I was just big, super <laughs> yeah. big, not moving. Uh, I, I was just doing things under the basket. Uh, and then throughout the end of the season, I, I got into better shape and I was able to move a little bit more. Like that's kind of how I think of myself as a modern big who can who's pretty agile uh, offensively and defensively. Um, so yeah, in the off season, I lost a lot of weight, even f- from the last, for e- even from the end of the season. Um, yeah, so I'm a lot leaner right now than I was last year. And I think that has made me, uh, make these jumps, especially defensively. I think that I move better in ball screens and I think I'm doing a better job of being vertical. And I guess that's how you, and that's why you see that my, my, my block numbers went up. Um, and, and then offensively, I think I'm doing a better job of putting the ball on the floor, making those reads. And those are some of the some of the things that I just were, wasn't that good at last year. And part of that is just because of my body uh, being in better shape. Um, yeah. And being healthy. Last year I, I came back from injury, which made some of these things hard and um, yeah, just being healthy and being in good shape makes all of this a lot easier. And I feel like um, I'm a more complete player this year than I was uh, last year. I agree, man. Like it's, I, and for everybody here, you know, I do show notes. Uh, Quentin, you don't have my notes, but you've answered a ton of my questions like throughout here. I was going to talk specifically about your defense. Like it seems to have improved a ton. And it seems like, you know, uh, you getting back into shape was like the the big reason uh, why you had that. And you mentioned that you had an injury. I believe you missed like what the third, the first like 13 games or something along those lines for for your team last year so it makes sense that it would take give you or that it would require you to take a little bit more time to get back into shape but you mentioned that you came back into this year i believe your team has you listed at around like 235 240 somewhere in that neighborhood for your weight and you mentioned your your block numbers have skyrocketed man i mean at one point you were averaging the same amount of assists as you were blocks you're not anymore that's just because your assist numbers have gone up but your defense is still really good. So I want to focus on the passing and the driving. You mentioned your driving a little bit and the passing. I talk a lot on our on our shows, uh, in my writing, that for big men to make the jump in the NBA, like you can be athletic, 
or you can be you can have a lot of feel, but NBA teams are going to want to run offenses through the big man, right? Like if you can put the ball on the ground a little bit and make smart reads, like I understand not everybody's going to be Nikola Jokic, right? Like that's the that's the standard for a passing big man. But you look at a player like Steven Adams, who isn't like a ball handling wizard, but is capable of putting the ball on the ground and making good reads, operate out of DHOs and stuff like that. I feel like that part of your game is my favorite part. Have you kind of always had that innate feel, or is that something you've worked on, maybe a little bit of both? Um, you know, I, I think it's something um, – part of it is coach putting a lot of trust in me. If you looked at my last game in St. John's, there was also a lot of times where I'm dribbling up the ball up the court. And, um, for example, at – Mississippi State, I never had the ball in my hand. So then it was also hard to make the right pass and make assists. So it's also the system that works in my favor. And then, you know, um, coach is okay with me making mistakes. I think um, throughout this season, I've done better. I, I think early on, I, I struggled a lot. There were a few games where I turned the ball over way too much. Um, so it's something I want to keep improving on. Um, I try to watch a lot of films on to see especially when I make a lot of mistakes to see what was the right read in um, that situation. And something I try to tell myself is just to play basketball the right way. And um, sometimes that's to make the easy read and not to try to go for the, for the home run assist. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot of, it's a, it's a process and I'll probably have games where I turn the ball over too much and um, using those games to learn um, and, you know, don't get too down on yourself um so yeah it's been a process and I, but i think yeah i do have a hopefully a, a a natural feel for making the the right reads but i think i've gotten better at it but I, it's something i gotta keep improving on yeah I, and it looks like you have man and if and if you keep building on this i i can't imagine that nba teams wouldn't be intrigued by adding you know a player of your size your shooting touch your improved defense and and they can trust you to have offense ran through you as well like Checking a lot of boxes this year, I'll put it that way. So I got two questions left. Let's have a little bit of fun first before I, I ask the, the big one. Um, when you're not playing basketball, Quentin, what are you doing for fun? Um, I live in the I live in a house close to campus with my girlfriend. We've just done a lot of movie marathons. We just finished um, the Hunger Games marathon, and now we're, okay. we're doing the the Harry Potter. Like, you know, it's it's getting a lot colder, so we're, we're inside the house a lot. Um, but then for for the rest, I, I love hanging out with my teammates, my friends. I, I, I lived with them the last two years, so I still um, am over there a lot. We play a lot of video games together. And then in my off time, I, I, I play a little chess on uh, chess.com. That's always something I've done with my dad and my, and my grandpa's playing. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, yeah, it's kind of in the same movie theater, but or in the in a, in a movie area. But we like going to the movies and uh, seeing the new releases. So yeah, those are some of the things that I like doing. Okay, what's been the one of the new movies that you've enjoyed the most? Uh, we watched the new Hunger Games, the one like the 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 throwback to the old President Snow or something. I, I thought it was really good, and that also inspired us to what to rewatch the the old one. So yeah, that's. That's definitely something I enjoy doing. 
Yeah, we we get in those movie watching marathons too. My wife and I, you know, we're we're big fans of like Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, mm -hmm. the Harry Potters, and all those. It's good to watch those epics. It's 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 a lot of fun, especially yeah. this time of year, like you said. Yeah, it's getting a little colder. I think the Lord of the Rings is the next one uh, I want to binge watch. Oh yeah, we got to watch The Hobbit first, and then the Lord of the Rings. Exactly, so you get the exactly. Cool yeah, there you, you go. Stay chronically correct, or not? What's it called? <laughs> not chronically. Chronological. Chronological. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not going to go down there. I'm getting distracted here. All right, so Quentin, I got one more question I want to ask you before we close this out, right? And obviously, you're wanting to play in the NBA. I feel like that's been very apparent. If an NBA team is investing in Quentin Post, Quentin, what, what could a team be expecting to get? Um, I think... A very passionate player. I think I play with a, a lot of passion offensively and defensively. And then I, I think I bring a... Sorry, I'm struggling to say the word. Consistency to a team. Okay. I think uh, offensively, I'm, I try to make the right reads. Um, I think to an NBA team, I bring spacing to the floor. I can stretch out the defense, shooting the three-pointer. Defensively, I think I move my feet pretty well for somebody my size. Uh, so you can use me in different ball screens. Um, and then I think I'm a rim protector. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the things I think I bring. All right. Making reads yeah. offensively, making passes. That's the last thing. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, you check you check a lot of boxes, you know, uh, for your defense. So some of the things that I've enjoyed in your in, in diving into your film has been You've had moments where you can defend out on an island. You're, you know, you haven't just been, you know, relegated to being around the basket. You know, you've been trusted to guard some smaller uh, players out in space uh, without really compromising the defense where everyone kind of has to shade your way, which I think that's going to go a long way when, when people scout you. So, um, Quentin, I just want to thank you, man, so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, before I let you go, is there anything – that you would like to share anything that you have going on or, you know, uh, things that you would like people to know about you, maybe anything like that. Um, not really about me, you know, anybody that watches this, you know, I would uh, encourage them to watch some of the BC games. We're really trying to make a run, uh, play in March, which we haven't done, uh, you know, in a good amount of years. So um, yeah, that's the only thing I would ask, like, you know, check into a bc game we need to be writing you know we'll try to check back in with you at some point but for everybody that's been watching listening to the show thank you so much for doing so be sure to like share subscribe rate and review uh go to no for all of your draft needs that you that uh that you could ever want you know for podcasts like this for great articles for the no ceilings plus our big boards and mock drafts all those things be sure to check those out and uh, thank you guys so much again for tuning in, and we'll catch up with you all next time. Much love, y'all.